0: Come and find in a compass with a jersey girl. She's just trying to
1: help you find a little peace in the world. Transparency in everything she wrote. And that's why she hopes you enjoy the show. All right, guys, we are back for another episode of The On Call Empath. And today, I have a very special guest, Laura Weisman. She's an author, writer, and mental health advocate. Today, we're going to touch on a lot of different issues in mental health and what's going on in the world. A lot of you empaths um, that are going through a lot, I think you're going to learn a lot in this episode. So with that said, Laura, thank you so much for being a guest on my podcast. I know I've been planning it for a while, so thank you so much.
0: Yeah, thank you for having me.
1: So to be honest, like I've been following you quite a bit, you know, for some, uh, some long time here. And I know you talked to Gary Vee a couple of times, mm-hmm. and that's what kind of drew me into your whole thing. And then you came out with some books, um, also, uh, and then also you traveled a little bit around the world. Can you tell us a little bit about just what you've been through and, and where you are now just for the audience? So they know where, you, you know, a little bit about you.
0: Um, Well, I feel like my story has changed quite a bit since I've been doing EMDR, Um, but I I started off as a travel blogger back in the day for Traveling Jersey Girl. I did that for like over a decade, and that was with my first book, Spiritual Nomad, that I wrote about the traumas that I went through and how much traveling has really like healed. I'm just going to retract that because I don't really particularly like using the word healed because it makes it seem like... I don't ever struggle but parts of my soul were definitely um you know it traveling just really helped me get Mm -hmm. through stuff and just let me understand perspectives on life and just you know learning from people from different cultures and all that so and i was able to bring that home Um, and then so you know trying to make this short (laughs) um but yeah, so I just always kind of shared my struggles and I just felt like, you know, people need to hear that what they're going through is one, it's normal. A lot of the times, a lot of the times that it, when it doesn't feel normal, it's because uh, we don't often speak about it and then it creates a taboo and then people are often afraid. Um, so that was my right. I mean, even even though I had a travel blog, like I spoke about mental health a lot. Mm -hmm. um, And I just wanted to have like an authentic, transparent, real, honest conversation, Mm -hmm. even when I was traveling because I was struggling with anxiety when I was doing that, too. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of where I am where I am today is like just bringing such a rawness and a transparency to mental health because it's needed.
1: Yeah. And one of the things that really like kind of spoke to me is you're not afraid to just kind of lay it out all on the line there. And you kind of tell people exactly what you've been through. And I know there are a lot of people that are tuning in who keep it inside. They may not uh, be as vocal. um, And they just try to make the best out of it by just kind of keeping it all to themselves. Um, Does that ever cross your mind? Like, okay, if you're like, I don't want too many people knowing about my mental health issues. They may treat me differently or, you know, whether it's work or friends, um, are you, or are you now pretty cool with it? Just letting everyone know, like, how do you Um, handle that?
0: I mean, I do share quite a bit, but honestly, that's only the tip of the iceberg. I don't share a lot. Um, there's stuff that I still keep very private. Um, I I'm also still working through like I'm actively still working through my own stuff so there's stuff that I still don't feel comfortable speaking of or it makes you know or I'm scared to because it scares me do you know mm-hmm. what I mean like yeah. I'm not in that place yet where I'm like okay I can talk about this like cert- like there's been moments where I was scared to even say it to my therapist you know so um the stuff that I do share I don't Really care to be honest, <laughs> like what most people think. I have been struggling with, um, you know, family hearing the stories. So that's mm-hmm. been very hard to maneuver. Um, I've gone on to just block my family on my social media because it just was like, you know what? I need to keep it separate. And I found myself filtering myself and withholding my truth and mm-hmm. because i knew my family was watching so yeah. it, was, it was affecting my craft you know and i'm like i'm a writer and i'm huge with mental health and i'm like yeah i talk to everybody all the time and i'm like i can't do it myself because i'm like i feel like you know everybody's watching like yeah. i don't care about the world but my family is you know it's different when it's your family watching but i have to get to a point where i don't care about that either but i'm slowly getting yeah. i'm getting there.
1: Yeah, it was kind of the same way when I started the podcast. It was like, man, what if they ask me what it's about, you know, and why I started it? And honestly, it's probably because of a lot of the trauma that I went through um, and a lot of stuff that they don't know that I do openly talk about on here as a platform. But, you know, I just felt like it needed to be kind of set out in the world. So, um, so kind of going more towards, uh, EMDR, um, therapy for those that are listening, um, can you explain what it is and how it kind of helped you get to kind of like more clarity? How did that kind of help you in in a a sense?
0: So EMDR is, um, one, it's a trauma therapy. So I did, um, what was it? I did like CBT. Is it CBT? Yeah. Cognitive behavioral therapy. I've done psychodynamic therapy, but most of those therapies are just talk therapy. did that for years. And I had moments where, you know, speaking about my traumas and stuff, even when the traumas were still kind of like active and they were like happening still, um, I never left really feeling great and i could not figure it out for the life of me why i did not feel great i was also studying forensic psychology at the time so i was in school for this never once and well you know what forensic psychology was kind of the only field where i was hearing about trauma it didn't really dive deep into how deep trauma impacts the body but um you know i was like what is that what is what can i find to hit like the body stuff yeah right so emdr kind of it you're not really talking much i mean sometimes you are but most of the time the way i can explain it like in layman's terms is you're kind of being guided back like if you've ever done like a guided meditation it's kind of like being guided back to the trauma itself mm-hmm. I mean, you're with a professional, so they, you know, they don't just immediately throw you back into that trauma. You know, there's a process to that. But when you get to that point, you already know it's going to, okay, we're going to work on this, you know? So it's like, you already kind of know what's going to happen. You're always in control. I could stop at any point. And because at the time of trauma, you can't, like, you're trying to survive. Mm Mm-hmm so your brain is just thinking of survival so emotions kind of just kind of go in the in the back burner it's like yeah whatever we just need you to be alive but we'll deal with that stuff later (laughs) but the stuff later like how long that could be years yeah if if you don't know and for if you don't know the impact of trauma which is why i want i I almost talk about it at nauseam because I'm like, if we just understood how much yeah. trauma impacts us, we would be so much better yeah. off, so much better off just as individuals, as a society, as humanity, as big as you mm-hmm. can get, we would be so much better off. And it's, it's yeah. a very powerful, um, therapy and it's been night and day for me.
1: How long did it take you? Um, how many sessions would you say? I know everyone's different. But for you, like, was it a matter of, like, after the first session? Because I've actually had it done myself, and I felt Mm -hmm. something right after my first session. It was pretty powerful. But what would you say?
0: Um, Well, I'm still in it, so it's been over a year for me. I think it's different when you have... um, you have ptsd on like maybe one singular event versus kind of like complex ptsd where it's multiple over a span of time i have multiple over a span of time so it doesn't surprise me that it's taking me longer but i don't i don't think of a timeline but i will say like you got to think of it like this so you're going over like because i'm 32 so like let's say like over 10 years, 15 years, maybe 20 of stuff, but I've overcome so much within a mm-hmm. year, almost a year and some change. Yeah. I don't even compare, do you know how, like, if you did talk therapy, you'd be doing it for the rest of your life. Right. So I it's the fast track to mm-hmm. like healing aka like getting to a place of acceptance because you're you're never gonna like erase what mm-hmm. happened to you. You're just get you're gonna get to a place where you can accept it and mm-hmm. it's not gonna like overtake your body. It's like having like it's like trying to diffuse the charge that it has.
1: Yeah. So I just want to switch gears here a little bit. I know mm-hmm. there's a lot of people that are going through trauma right now, they're tuning in. um, And for those people that are listening, you know, maybe uh, they've tried different, you know, things like e- EMDR and uh, CBT and all that. But how do you make your life, um, how do you make your life just livable? I mean, because I know there's so many people that have triggers and they need certain, um, I guess, they need like for me, I know like I'm not the type of person to drive and go to work and be in an office like that is just not i I mean that's something I cannot do ever again. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't be in a room full of bunch of people. um, I don't like crowded spaces because I start getting triggered and noise and and all this kind of stuff. You've wrote two books, you've done mm-hmm. so much, you've grew so much and just in a short you know, period of time that I've been kind of watching you on Instagram and growing. What do you have to say to anyone that's listening who is just trying to just get day to day? Because, you know, that throughout some days, like there are some days where I can't, it's like hard to even like breathe and function and put a smile on, you know, for the world, because you said it, like most people don't get it, you know, and sometimes even when you go to a therapist, you know, they might, you know not just write it off but they might say something like you know um you know it's temporary you'll get over it and that really sometimes makes things worse especially with mm-hmm. trauma victims mm-hmm. so what is your take on all of that
0: yeah i mean i hate being told that too but at the same <laughs> time i know that's true that it is temporary but you don't want to hear it in that moment when you're actually activated or you're triggered. Nobody wants to hear that. Um, it's been tough. It's been tough lately because I like like I thought I had it. Do you know what I mean? Like I was like, oh, no, I'm good. Like I did so much work on myself. And then it's like EMDR comes and is like, yeah, no, just kidding. <laughs> you didn't do shit. Well, I didn't Not that I didn't do shit, but it's just like, oh, yeah, no, we're going to take you for a ride, you know. And it's just seeing how much I was kind of like white knuckling life mm-hmm. before. Um, n- and I just noticed it in my body. Like I didn't realize that I woke up with adrenaline every day. That's what woke me up. Wow. And since doing EMDR, I don't have that anymore. And I was like, wow, like how the fuck did I, <laughs> how, how did I live like this? Like I like just pure anxiety and adrenaline. And mm-hmm. and like, you know, it was worse when I worked in an office too. But like, I mean, I've been working from home, but it's like, wow, I did that for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And it's just, there's like, you you just notice things as you live life. Like, you're just like, oh, you know what? I used to have this so much. And now it's like, I'm okay. Like I used to, ha- I used to have a lot of anxiety socially as well. Like, where I feel like, felt like I had to have at least one glass of wine or one drink just to chill mm-hmm. me out. I don't need that anymore. Yeah. Like I'm finding myself where I'm like, Oh my God, like, I don't need that. Or like, I didn't feel that urge. Not that I, it was an addiction thing, but it was just a, something to just like settle the nerves so I can be relaxed. But
1: mm-hmm.
0: that's a major thing for me. Cause I always wanted to get to a point yeah. where I was like, I just want to enjoy myself and just be confident and like, mm-hmm not feel anxious with people but i'm also i give myself the grace Mm -hmm. that if i do feel anxious um something my therapist said um she's like you have choices like you have agency you know if you are in a social situation and you don't feel okay go to the bathroom breathe it like take a breather Mm -hmm. splash water on your face or go outside if you can go take a like just get some fresh air. Just the fact that, you know, you have a choice and you're not stuck. Yeah. Help you with your anxiety and when you get triggered.
1: Yeah. And like now when you traveled all over, um, did that affect you at all? Or were you just pretty much like just happy, just meeting new people? And how uh, did that work for you? Oh,
0: no, I had, <laughs> it was,
1: <laughs> I
0: I did have that, but I had, um, Oh, no, I would have a like a anxiety panic attack like the moment I landed. Hmm. Um, I would have anxiety for a couple days, I would just be overwhelmed by everything and just. Uh, um. I don't know, I think it was just not allowing myself to listen to my body like if I was tired, or I was just too hard on myself like because I, I would think to myself, like, I'm in Switzerland. I'm like, I should be so excited. Yeah. I'm like, I'm happy. It's beautiful. But I'm like, I, but I feel miserable.
1: Yeah. So,
0: like just the pushing myself through it versus yeah. like, you know what, you were on a long flight, you probably didn't eat enough, you're mm-hmm. tired, you need to rest. Because if I did that, then I probably wouldn't. But um, I tend to not get that anymore, mm-hmm. either. The recent times I've traveled. So that's, but that's also a good thing. But when I once I get used to it then yeah I mean love meeting mm. people and talking to people
1: um one big thing I notice is like with support um I know a lot of people may not have that support system whether it's you know somebody that they're married to or a girlfriend boyfriend mother father you know somebody that's in their corner did you always did you have somebody when you were going through all this or were you just kind of handling this all on your own and nobody really knew what was going on um what was that like
0: I'm realizing now I was kind of doing it alone um I did have family support but it was you know because I you know my my sibling was going through something so it was such a like Everybody was so focused on my sibling that I kind of got lost in the you know, in the mess of it all. but mm-hmm. and I think I just always was used to being alone as a kid. Um, just i there's I don't know why, but just that's just how I was, and I still am very much like that. but I think it's it's finding community wherever you are because. Mm-hmm um or wherever you can because even if that means social media like I was in like these little support groups like when I, when mm-hmm. I was young, tw- like when I was in my 20s that like was amazing like I had so many amazing friendships even though they were online I never met them but mm-hmm. like that helped me get through sometimes and sure you know, sometimes those friendships or relationships i had with them were better than family and friends i'm not (laughs) even real
1: real people yeah
0: you know and so that got me through and just finding people who you know what who are just like i get it you just need to people just need to be validated and and acknowledged yeah that like you're going through some shit and it's hard and it's Mm -hmm. tough and it's like yeah it's a lot
1: and one thing that i noticed especially in our culture at least in the u.s it's I feel like the mental health system is it's not there yet. I think it's starting to, but I think there's there needs to be a lot more work. There has to be more access for people to get help. Um but overall, I mean, I just feel like where 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 can you go for actually help like other than, you know, just a the traditional therapist where a lot of times, especially nowadays, people don't have money to get a therapist because, you know, this whole insurance company. So mm-hmm. then they just don't go and, you know, they try to rely on people that they live with, but then they become toxic and it's just like a cycle. Um,
0: It's it's really it's yeah, it's tough. Um,
1: and then medication, which is another shit show where your insurance doesn't cover one medication but it covers another one that which doesn't do anything so it's just like they're made from the same company like what's so it's like money driven like it's just all like I feel like it's greed and money it's it's not really about helping people
0: no I and going through it myself as like somebody who needed medication when I was younger and also being on the mental health professional side, I see both sides of it in like, I've witnessed both sides of it.
1: Mm -hmm. And,
0: you know, when I was working in the field to be, to tell my clients, like, I can't do this for you, not because I didn't want to, but because the system wouldn't allow, Mm -hmm. it's heartbreaking. And it's like, i don't know what it's gonna take for us to get to a point where you know people just get more help but I, i'm gonna take it back to that if we focused on trauma if therapists and psychiatrists were trained in trauma which a lot of them are not
1: shockingly,
0: mm-hmm. um we would be better off like we would not not that's not saying that medication does not help or we wouldn't need but we wouldn't need it as much Mm -hmm. and it wouldn't be if trauma was hit first like imagine somebody was like like i just don't it just doesn't make sense to me and it even when i was in school it never made sense to me as to why we don't look at the deeper root so when i studied forensic psychology you know we're analyzed i was analyzing like serial killers all day so the, <laughs> the the part of forensic psychology was so it's just typical law shit but the other the the psychology side was like well what are the or what are the mitigating factors what is the trauma like what was his childhood mm-hmm. like so i always had that in my head and i'm like why is that not like implemented everywhere else like why are we not looking at this person as like what happens to you Mm -hmm. and like i've seen it when i worked in in the field of my own clients i always would Mm -hmm. read their chart and read their story and i would be like i get why they're here Mm -hmm. like i get it or i understand their symptoms more because i'm like okay you're being triggered by that
1: Mm -hmm.
0: but yeah it's
1: so yeah it's a good point now speaking of triggers um what are some things that you do currently like when you feel like a trigger coming on or maybe a panic attack I don't know if you get those anymore but what what types of things have you learned that that's worked for you to kind of Calm down your nervous system and get that adrenaline because you said you you don't get that adrenaline in the morning. So
0: yeah, um, well, there's some things you do. I just do want to mention something because you mentioned how can someone afford you know mental health care. I I don't have the names of it, but I've seen like commercials or something. If you Google, Mm -hmm. I think they're they're coming out now with like different like. I guess like private companies or whatnot, if you Google mm-hmm. like affordable mental health care, you'll mm-hmm. see the apps pop up. So it it's out there. You just yeah. gotta look for it. But um so sorry, just say the question one more time. The triggers one.
1: Yeah. So like what do you do right now, like when you feel like a trigger coming on? Cause I mean, obviously, I mean you've you've been through so much and um now like you've learned a lot of things. What are some things that you do today just to kind of ground yourself? Like when, you, when you're when you in a situation, you feel like something's going to about to happen or you don't want to be there and something to trigger you. And that's something I deal with pretty much on a daily basis. Like I'm like in a meeting and I don't want to be there. I'm yeah. getting triggered. I know it's going to come and it's going to come and then it comes and then I'm just mm-hmm. like, my mind starts yeah. thinking um, negative. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Um, it happened to me recently, like within the last two weeks. So it's, it's, um, it doesn't happen on a daily basis, like it used to, but Mm -hmm. because I understand my body more and what I'm being triggered, there's things where. So for me, sometimes it's like a lot of like, if I don't feel safe, like I'll just get triggered by that but you know like I was in a restaurant with friends and we were just like at a bar and like I Mm -hmm. knew we were gonna be you know drinking heavily or at Mm -hmm. least my friends were which is a very is a trigger for me
1: yeah
0: um so I was feeling fine and then I went to the bathroom and I felt like a panic attack come on like out of nowhere like felt dizzy got sweaty and I was like oh my god like it's fucking happening like
1: yeah
0: so like I just know immediately for me don't fight it the moment you fight <laughs> it the worse it gets and it's very hard to not fight it because you're like i don't want to feel like this like ah but you have to just feel be like, it because the moment you don't allow it to come through is when it loses its, its power
1: yeah
0: and it will not like i can tell you 10 out of 10 it's It works every time when you learn to not fight it Mm
1: -hmm. and just
0: kind of breathe through it and it's like it's cliche but i'm like okay like Mm -hmm. like i got it like i got this like taking deep breaths because when you're anxious you tend to take shallow Mm -hmm. breaths and like for me because like that example that i showed you like i was getting dizzy so i like i bent over to like make sure all the blood rushed to my head (laughs) so i wouldn't like you know just to get myself out of the dizziness and like I took um which this te- this tends to help but I mean if you have an ice cube um, I heard of that yeah it helps to put it like in the middle of your chest mm-hmm. it's like trying to because that's like to um get your your nervous system and your vagus nerve to yeah. chill out yeah and if you don't have that I do like just like a cold rag or something mm-hmm. like if you're in the bathroom just get a paper towel and do that or just put cold water yeah. on your face on the back of your neck and That'll calm you down Mm -hmm. too.
1: Yeah. I heard ice is very effective. Even just holding it, that, you know, I also heard if you put your finger around your, uh, audible, your like eye, like your, um, eyebrow or area and you go in circles, like that does something. And Mm -hmm. so there's all kinds of different things, but
0: Yeah. yeah. But the triggers, though, it's that's a question for you to ask yourself what am I being triggered by? And, it's not the people in your office. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. something deeper. So yeah. you have that, you have to like, be like a detective. Yeah. <laughs> in yourself. I'm like, where is this coming from? When's the last time I felt this? Or what was the first time? To- when was the first time I felt like this? Yeah. And when you start to trace it back, it starts to make sense. Yeah. And then for me, it's like, okay, I can trace it back. And I'm like, well that makes sense because I never dealt with it yeah you know or I never processed it and that's what EMDR does it allows mm. you to go back and process it now as you are today to right. just like it's like when you watch a show and you're like oh I missed it and then you're like let's rewind and re-watch it and see what I missed what yeah you know yeah and it releases it just releases things in the body
1: yeah, I mean I remember it was like um the lights going left and to right and I had the thing mm-hmm. in my hand. And uh yeah, it was intense. Um even after like a couple, couple days after you know things started coming out out of the blue. Oh, yeah. I was in- really
0: <laughs> those in between sessions. Oh my are... gosh.
1: I started yeah. freaking out.
0: <laughs> yeah, but you know what I think because a lot of people DM me and um I'm just gonna make a shameless plug, but this is why I wanted to create, I'm probably gonna do it in the new year where I want a support group because support groups have always helped me when I was younger. And I Mm -hmm. think just being in a support group, like just a private support group, especially if you're doing EMDR, it just feels nice to be like, Mm -hmm. is that normal? Like, Like for you to feel very intense emotions post is so normal. And I think, you know, I'm very lucky that my Mm. therapist is incredible at what she does. Mm. Therapists should be explaining this to their clients. And I've like talked with people who DM me and it seems like a lot of them are not. Um, I ask a thousand questions all the time because I'm just like, what does this mean? Or like, (laughs) should I like, why are my dreams insane? Like, (laughs) Like why? And you know, there's a thing called EMDR dreams, like so oh,
1: I had nightmares like I oh, would yeah. see see oh, animals yeah. and stuff. I'd be mm-hmm. punching the wall and I'm like, oh, gosh, I hope this doesn't get any worse because I'm going to knock someone out. And
0: oh, I get it. So, <laughs> what I did, so what my therapist told me to do is to write all my dreams down from day mm. one until so I still do it. They're they're not happening as much, but they were going off, man. Yeah, it's scary. And they're intense. Like for mine were. I mean, my dreams are always, have always been intense and vivid. So yeah, it's, it's your brain, your brain post EMDR is still processing. Yeah. So you have to pay attention to them because they're not literal, but they're metaphorical.
1: Yes. Mm -hmm.
0: And so when you think of it like that, you're like, oh my God, like, wow. It's (laughs) just, you're just, your brain is just such an incredible thing.
1: I remember once I was like, feel like I was getting buried alive. I I literally felt like there was dirt being thrown on me. And it was a time in my life where I felt like trapped and, you know, I wasn't supported and, and that's where that was coming from. So I, I kind of did the same thing. I wrote it down and tried to get the meaning out of it. And Mm -hmm. so once I put meaning to it, it started to get less and less. And um, the body is a remarkable, it adapts very well. So So Laura, I wanted to, uh, give you the last word here, um, just wrapping up, um, let the audience know where they can find you, um, on social media and what you're up to. I'd love to definitely have you back anytime you'd like. Yeah,
0: sure. Thank you. Um, so you can pretty much find me everywhere, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, TikTok. I am Laura Weisman on all across the board. Um, like I mentioned before I'm trying to set up doing a support group for those doing trauma therapy and EMDR it's called finding your way back home
1: mm-hmm.
0: um probably most likely going to do that in 2023 um I just think it's a great space to work as a group I think mm-hmm. group work and just the community is mm-hmm. so powerful and you know what and it's just people just want to know that they are like not going crazy, you know yeah. you just need to feel that validation of like <laughs> okay, like okay, like it's it's gonna be okay, yeah,
1: just find your people guys it's I know it's a crazy world right now with everything kinda falling apart, and but you're not alone, there's a lot no, of people are. yeah,
0: are. yeah, and I'm working on um my third book uh about my environment, yeah about emgr and trauma and just because when i think of my first book even spiritual nomad it's like or Penny <laughs> panic with the anxiety one i'm like that that's not even me anymore
1: <laughs> i'm like
0: no because i'm like <laughs> it's just so this book is just going to be really different because i've grown so much and I've, i just see things so different now yeah. in this trauma lens right um post and- oh,
1: trauma lens yeah
0: yeah, so it's, I'm well, excited cool. about it.
1: Well, keep up the amazing work. You're very inspirational. That's why I wanted you on this podcast. And uh, you're always welcome back. So thanks again for being on the show.
0: Yeah, thank you so much for having me.
1: <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, guys, that does it for this episode. Stay tuned. I got a lot more guests coming on. And the Elite Coaches series starts in October. Look for those guests that are coming on that. So with that said, we are out.